Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Bob Couture. Thanks for being on the show, Bob. Thanks for having me, Whitney. Yeah, I appreciate your time. And uh, Bob is the managing partner of SNC Homebuyers, a real estate redevelopment company, uh, SNC Property Management, a real estate management and apartment syndication company, and SNC Realty, a Massachusetts real estate brokerage. His focus is on sales, marketing, and business development. Well, Bob, uh, give us a little more, you know, your background and how you got into this this thing called real estate and specifically the syndication business. Sure, wonderful. So I'm I'm originally from uh, West Springfield, Massachusetts, so the western part of the state, and I had moved out to California and a corporate guy for for a while, and then I decided I was going to get out of the corporate business and get into house flipping. And when I looked around and to see what I could do with that, I decided I, I would take that back to Western Mass. Um, I felt like my dollars could go much further there, and so. A couple of years had gone by. I partnered up with another guy uh, uh, over there from from the area. I continued to live in in California in Los Angeles, um, but then I, I would commute uh, about once a month, and and then my partner Justin would, would manage things on the ground. Uh, and then uh, fast forward a couple of years, we, we we come across a uh, uh, I come across another guy out in, in California in Los Angeles in my hometown here in in the uh, and he was. His family had been doing um, syndications for 40 years, and he wanted to apply that model. He was doing some buy and holds up in Maine. He he went to school in Massachusetts, so relatively familiar with with, with Massachusetts, and had some some, some roots there with his his uh, wife's family. And uh, his problem is that he didn't have boots on the ground or any of the construction expertise or how to find find the, those deals. Uh, but he had that model. Uh, my partner Justin had the construction expertise, um, and and my job and uh, all this was was on the acquisition side. So I was I was getting pretty good at finding single family houses. I thought, well, these are just bigger, so I'll, let me get, give it a shot. And uh, uh, and then thus uh, this this partnership was formed. We decided kind of before launching right into a syndication, we wanted to kind of test things out a little bit and bought a four family house that we renovated, uh, got tenants in, kind of kind of work out. Uh, some of the partnerships to see if, if really we could work together and and that went that went great it had its challenges but it ended up going pretty good and then uh, and then we launched into our our first uh, our first syndication it was a small one a 12 unit building and i think this was somewhere around maybe the the acquisition was about 500,000 and we were able to um Sell the shares and get our subscribers with problem sold out in 72 hours. It was it was something like I think we were more afraid to get get going and and not believing in ourselves. But once we put this forward, uh, it went quick and and uh, it was well received. Nice. So, you know, there it sounded like some key partnerships happened there, and and you talked about how you all you know tested that a little bit. And, you know, could you go in into uh, a little more details about you know testing that partnership before you all just jumped in? You know and how 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 that worked, and and because I know a lot of people, you know, are worried about partnering with the wrong person or or or, or finding that right partnership, right? And and I've seen it it make and break, you know, different companies. And uh, tell me about how that worked for you all. 
a great, great question and um, one that causes a lot of pain for, for a lot of folks. Um, I think the important thing for us was that it wasn't a group of guys that were friends and decided to come into some into a partnership. We had very distinct skills that, that were complementary to this. And it gave us all the opportunity to do the things that we were good at and that we like to do. And, um, and so that, that really helps. And I think really the only time where we get into some friction is when we're not staying in our specific lanes, but, uh, using that, that, uh, four family house was very good to get us to understand how each other operates, how we, uh, how we handled, um, some of the challenges or setbacks or problems. Um, and then, uh, I think through that, it was obvious that we could work together and that we could solve problems together and, and, and move forward. So it went great. I think for us, I, I kind of look at it as one plus two equals six if it's if it's the right partnership. I like that. One plus two equals six. Yeah, and and I completely agree. And are there some 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 maybe examples that you could elaborate on or some type of difficulty you all had to work through that that we should all expect in future partnerships? Uh, yeah, yeah. We would love everything to go exactly to the plan, <laughs> and it doesn't. Uh, you know, construction doesn't always uh, uh, finish on, on time. Evictions or or uh, getting the, the the specific rents that you're looking for doesn't always happen. The model doesn't always always go to plan, and it, it's about not worrying so much about what that that problem was, but looking ahead and like, how are we going to solve that. Um, and I, I, what I really appreciate about my partners is, is that that's the, that's the original mindset. How are we going to overcome this? Not about pointing fingers or what, what the, the, the problem was or crying over spilt milk. It's we, we've got to overcome this. We can, and, uh, let's open up our minds to some solutions. So focus on how we're not going to spill it the next time, right? Instead of what's already <laughs> been spilled. No, I like that that's a lot. Right. Uh, so, you know, once you tell us about a recent syndication, uh, you know, that you all have worked on. Uh, our most recent one uh, was our third one. Uh, it happened this this summer. It was a 52-unit building uh, in Springfield, Mass. And this one had some challenges in the sense that it was it was a fractured condo. So a fractured condo mean that it was apartment buildings, but it w- had condominiums that were sold. And we had a really tough time finding a bank to uh, join us in this venture. One, it was it was. Um, too big for some of our local banks, and then it was too small for a lot of the national lenders. So, uh, and then when you when you mentioned fractured condo, that was a bad word to to some lenders. They felt like, well, we we don't have control of the whole building if if we were to foreclose. So, uh, thank you, but no, no, thank you. And um, but that was one that we we felt like we could add so much value to this this property. We felt we had differing uh, kind of strategies. Whether we could, there were two buildings together. Uh, or two buildings side by side rather. So we thought maybe we, if if we couldn't get uh, uh, all those condos repurchased, the, there were five of them that, that were still left. If we couldn't get those repurchased, maybe we could convert that building to a condo. Uh, or our, our ultimate goal was to buy all of those. You know, we just all kind of came together, started dialing for dollars with with various banks. Our investors felt confident in, in, in what, what our strategy was. It was just about finding the right lender. So, you know, did you, how did you find that lender? Well, you know, what did that look like when you all were, you know, you found out that it was too big for some, too small for others? How did you find them? Uh, great question. So once we were doing our original ones with um, some, some local banks, 
from there, we kind of skipped over anything on the regional side. We went to the the national banks, and then once once we found out that that was not going to work, it was it was too small. It was okay. Well, then we've got to look regionally. And then I think it came through courses of some referrals from some friends in in the business, and and we came across a great bank out of, out of Boston, and uh, uh, and they love the project, and they've been super super partners with us uh, throughout. So. That was really good. We, we just never gave up. The choice was not not to give up. I think it probably had been 25 calls to, to different banks. I like that. The choice was not to give up. I like that. It's, it's a choice. So how did you find this 52-unit deal? This one was had been on the MLS. We had actually looked at it about two years before, and it was way overpriced for what we felt. And then we came back to it two years later, um, and as it was coming down, it had changed brokerages. And so some, some new marketing it had given it new life. Some new things had happened to the building um, where the owner had, was forced to put new steel staircases uh, throughout. So that was about, a, I, I think it costs her about a million on that. So it made the building much more attractive to us to not have to go through that and, and some other pieces. And we felt we could, we could uh, really add a lot of value. That's a long way of saying we, we, we found it, uh, uh, it. It was listed. Okay. And so what was it about this deal that stood out that, you know, all these other deals you all I'm sure were looking at, what was it about this one that when you came back to it said, okay, you know, there, we really want to pursue this one and our choice is not to give up. Yeah, so on this is when we had made our plan for 2018, uh, it was going to be that we were going to have 50 units, 50 about 50 units was our, our goal. And that was either going to come in a, on a collection of 20 plus units. Um, and this one was attractive because we could hit our goal and, and one fell swoop. And it was right in in Springfield. So it was right in the, in the heart of, of our, our market. And then additionally, at this time, there was a casino that was was being built in Springfield. And so this kind of the intersection of all of these things really made us feel like uh, we could do it. And, and it was high, there was a high amount of construction that needed to be done. Uh, roof, uh, balconies needed to come off, a lot of vacant units. And uh, and we felt like that, that was right in our wheelhouse. So tell us, you know, where, where is that property now in your all's business plan and what's your plan going forward? Uh, so right now we are six months into this. The roof just got finished. So there was a great deal of masonry work on, on the top that needed to be done before the, the new roof, new roofs on, on each building were put on. So those just got completed before Christmas. And then we have gone through, we were expecting to do turn over 10 units in the course of a year. And we're already at 10 and with and about another 10 to go. So what's kind of changing things is we're very accelerated in in our turnover plan that's causing a little bit of tension on on construction budget and and other things that's kind of been attributed to we were um, a little too successful with our evictions so the, which uh, that doesn't often happen but uh, the the current tenants are, are very happy with that and they, they weren't paying so it, did, it didn't hurt one way or another uh, to get them out sooner and then so now we just have uh, some some more units. We're kind of hitting at a good spot right now where we're about to get into this. Uh, by the time these units are done, will be spring. So we'll be able to have, uh, hopefully be able to capture higher market rents. So, so things are looking good. It's just we just had to look at, at what projects or what aspects of the construction that we needed to, to adjust to be able to handle some of these, uh, some of these vacancies. 
another thing that's forced us to do, we weren't planning on doing a uh, an entire building rent increase until deep into the spring, but now we're going to do that earlier to help um, kind of catch up on on some of the uh, uh, the income. Nice, nice. So, what's the hold period for this property? What's your all's plan long term? Uh, so, all of these that we get into are ten year plan. And so the the option would be uh, if we get an unsolicited offer that that's great. If market conditions uh, suggest that that we sell, then then we would, would look at that and then see if we're um, and see where the investors want to go. If they want a ten thirty one into another project, this is something that uh, the managing partners want to refinance and keep and pay off the investors. We've got a couple of different options, but that's uh, another nine and a half years out. Yeah, yeah. So, what was the capital raise for this for this property? Capital raise what one point five million. Does that include all the renovations also? Uh, we did get some with the the bank financing. There was a construction loan and also a line of credit to help us purchase some of the uh, the condos. Which, by the way, we we've we've out of the five condos that fractured condos, we acquired three. We have one under contract and one is in some stage of foreclosure. So it might be a couple months out, but I think we've been in, in 2019, we will have captured all of those. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, how will that increase the value by having just those, those few extra units and having them all together? Significantly. I mean, I don't know what the, that number value is, but we're getting the condos for just under what we were, what each unit was valued at. And then with some, some renovation and, and that additional income, um, another value add to the building is uh, these were all one bedroom and two bedroom um, units, and they all can be converted to three bedroom, two bedroom and three bedroom. Nice. Um, so we're about to test out a three bedroom unit and see if we're able to capture capture the the, the targeted rent. Yeah, and we'll have to have a follow up. Yeah, I, yeah, that'd be great. And I was thinking, though, even you know, when you own all the units and it's not a fractured, call it a fractured condo anymore, you know, that it'd be easier to exit. Wouldn't you? Would you say it's easier? It would be easier to sell it, you know, and to exit in ten years or even sooner. Absolutely, absolutely. It may even give us the uh, the opportunity to to refinance at, at, at this time and maybe look at a, at a natural lender or going back to our, our other lender. Um, they had, they had to put in some to kind of curtail some of their risk with the fractured condo. So um, they gave us a, a reasonable rate, but I think it could be much better when uh, when we own all. So things are looking pretty exciting there. How much uh, capital were you all expecting to put into into each unit? Uh, we're looking somewhere between the 10 and 25 mark. On some, some were really, really rough. Uh, not too many at, at 25,000, but probably the average is in that 10 to 15,000. Wow. So, you know, to get up, I mean, even to 10 grand, what, what were the, uh, what was the majority of the work that you all were doing? So we had had some uh, inside the units or, or, or overall. So I mean, on the overall, we had the, the roof uh, porches that had to come off. So we're, we are allocating to the, the porches off of the property to the, those units. Some units had some lead paint considerations. So that that's a pretty big upper on it. Uh, bathroom, full bathroom remodels, uh, the clawfoot tubs, uh, subfloor just completely... Uh, uh, messed up. And then something very strange in, in some of these uh, were uh, in the bathrooms, there was poured concrete in, in there. 
and and pipe, uh, over over plumbing, uh, and that that was very odd. So now we had to jackhammer out all this concrete and, and get to there. So that was uh, that that wasn't too fun. So did you all know about the concrete before you purchased it? No, no. Okay, so you can add that to your I, due diligence no checklist, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. So ripping up uh, bathroom floorboards, see if there's any concrete <laughs> that's in right. there. At least bang on the floor with a hammer or something. <laughs> yeah. um, so awesome. Now, so you know, going forward, um, what's the business plan on you know on the syndication side? You know, what types of properties you know are y'all looking to acquire next? So the next one is um, it will be turnkey is what we're, we're looking for right now. And uh, uh, ideally on-site uh, management and maintenance because we still have a good six months of construction here. And so not to spread ourselves too thin, that that would be the, the ideal. We have been looking at a hundred plus unit uh, building and that seems to be our MO. We started with a, a 12, then we went to 20, then to 52. So the next... Uh, the next natural fit would be a hundred plus. So that's, that's the direction we're going. So, you know, break break down a little bit, you know, on the acquisition side, how you all are looking and finding deals looking for. Sure. Uh, we, we've been doing some direct mail to, to uh, owners uh, to see if that conversation is going and, and that's, that's uh, helped us on, on, on two of uh, our acquisitions. Uh, like how many, no. how many letters are you all sending out? Uh, Around the two three hundred mark, uh, and, and pretty concentrated in, in in the area, and looking at kind of specific styles, of buildings, age, um, and, and then and then the specific cities uh, by us. And how, where do you uh, get your your list to mail to? There's some lists that that are are purchased. Some are uh, just researched on the, like the the tax uh, websites to see who, who those owners are or, or those type of properties utilizing the MLS, uh, the public records portion of that is, is pretty powerful for, for Massachusetts. And, and so that at least helps us identify what the properties are and then, and then try to go from there. What does your, what does your letter, your mailer look like? How do you, how do you get them to open it? It is very simple. It's just a letter going out and we're interested in, in, discussing the purchase of XYZ property. We've had some relationships with local banks and, and have purchased property uh, in the area. And uh, if you'd like to talk, uh, give a call. And, and as, a, as a house flipper, what I found very interesting is it's almost kind of the progression. I'll, I'll get uh, sellers or owners of buildings call and say, I did the same thing you did. I used to be a house flipper. I would buy some buying holes and now I had apartments. It's like kind of like this welcome. Hey, how are you? This is this. You're you're on the right progression here. Are, are you all able to to track how well it's working? Like how many you know people are calling from how many letters you all are sending? I should be doing that, um, and, and I haven't. I think in, in some of it is we've we've been fortunate in that the, when we are getting the letters out that that we're we're, we're striking with it. And then what we're finding with the apartment syndication on the house flipping business, we always have to keep mailing. But when the apartments come, once you get it, the energy has got to be focused, at least for us, our energy has to be focused there and not necessarily into the next deal until we get all that taken care of. Yeah. So, so how many times have you all sent letters out and are you sending it to the same list every time? I sent out probably about five different um, uh, mailing campaigns, has not been to the same list, um, and I'll be looking to do a, a new list here in, in the, the coming months. 
Uh, the other way we've been doing it is with, uh, since we've been buying uh, the, the various properties um, and, and using some brokers as those, those broker relationships. And then, and then also just, just talking to everyone, just letting everyone know it. This is what we're looking for and uh, putting it out into the, into the world and, and to have it find us. Nice. Well, Bob, what would you say has been the hardest part of the syndication process for you? Oh, great question, Wendy. Yeah. For for me was um, uh, on the capital raise and resting on verbal commitments. And when it came time that okay, it's time to fund, life happens. Uh, different opportunities will come across the, the various investors and where they felt very strong, like this is where they were going to go uh, a month ago. Something different is happening, and and they're focused somewhere else. And then uh, then we're we're left to. Uh, left a little undersubscribed. So I think on that, where I've what I've learned to do, or I've been trying to do uh, moving forward, is is oversubscribe. I think it's easier to ask investors to take one or two less shares than ask them to take one or two more. So do you have any kind of rule of thumb where you know how much you're over uh, prescribing or subscribing? We kind of split up the the amount of shares and and, and go after between the, the the partners. So it's a little bit of a competition there. So um, I, I'm going to moving forward. I'm going to try to over oversubscribe subscribe excuse me by at least twenty five percent. Nice. So uh, what's a way that you all have recently improved your business that we can all apply to ours? Well, that's a great one. Um, we are starting to systematize more, uh, and I think that's the piece where that seems to be much easier said than done um, when you're just kind of in the midst of it and you're running every day, just kind of take that step back and think about the processes that we went through. Uh, each deal has, has gotten better and smoother, but we we're, we're finding ourselves recreating the wheel on, on some aspects of it uh, uh, over and over again. So systematizing would be the, the piece. Do you have a, uh, a tool or a method or some way that you all systemized something lightly that that we could all we could all find reuse. Uh, we, we've been using Asana, um, so Asana has been pretty good and uh, kind of a project management uh, type of uh, program, and that's helped us keep our tasks uh, synced and communicating with, with with the team. So that that one's been working for us, um, and we've just scratched the surface on it. So I think there's probably a lot more. Um, that we could do there. I, I understand that a lot of folks use like Podio and things like that. Um, so the tools like that have been good, but Asana has been working for us right now. Is Asana a CRM also, or is it just project management? I think it's more project management. They do show ways to use it as a CRM. I, I don't know if, it, if it's, uh, I haven't looked back into it uh, like that. And uh, what, what CRM platform do you use if you use one? Good old Excel. Nice. Nice. So, uh, Bob, what's the uh, number one thing that's contributed to your success? The partnership, partnering with uh, uh, the right folks. That it's um, that we are are partnering based on our our unique capabilities that we can bring to the table, and uh, I, I think that hands down. I, I feel like I could do probably any part of this business, and I could do it all, but I, it would not nearly be as good or as quality as it, as it is with without Brandon or or Justin. So I, I say partnering hands down. Nice. Well, Bob, uh, you've been a great guest. I really appreciate the content and the value you've provided to the listeners. And uh, would you tell them how uh, they can learn more about you and your company? Oh, thanks. Uh, well, 
they could reach me. We always start the discussion uh, via email if they'd like. I'm at bob at sc-homebuyers.com or, or always call 413-314-3583. Happy to talk to, to any one of your guests and, and thank you for having me on. This this has been wonderful. Great. Well, thanks again, Bob, for your time and and uh, thanks to the listeners you know, for, for being with us today. And I hope you'll go to LifeBridge Capital and connect with me and schedule a call and also go to our Facebook group where we can all uh, learn in, uh, this business and grow it, uh, grow our businesses together and learn from experts like Bob. Uh, have a great day, and we will talk to each of you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital. Making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.